Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 20. And as I said a few minutes ago, uh, this is uh, Missions Month at Grace Baptist Church. And normally I, I uh, start off with a missions uh, message, uh, and, and that was every intention I had uh, this week as I uh, was preparing. I, I love missions. Those of you that know me know that I was a missionary. My wife and I were missionaries for, for several years. Uh, I used to travel around the world and build churches and houses for missionaries, and and um, I loved it. It was great. But then God burdened my heart to come here to Fernley, and um, guess where I am now. <laughs> but I love missions. I love talking about missions. I love giving to missions, and um, it, missions is just really, really important to me. And as I sat down at my desk this week. Friday, to be exact, I had I had a, a direction that I was planning on going, putting my final thoughts down on paper, if you would, more more precisely on my computer. But as I was sitting down on my computer, <clears throat> getting ready to um, bring this message together, God started working on my heart. Did God ever do that to you? And, and say, you know what, that's not what I want you to preach on this, this Sunday. In fact, I, I'm going to be honest. Th- th- this, this thing that I have this morning is not really a sermon, okay? It would not fall in the category of a sermon, I don't think, homiletically. Uh, I, I believe it's just more, I, I'm going to share with you what God did in my heart on Friday morning. Uh, God did a work on my heart and life, and, and I just, as I sat there, I, I literally had tears in my eyes, and I said, God, is this what you want me to share? And, and I, believe, I believe he gave me peace and direction, basically to give you what he gave me. So it's really not a sermon, it's just more of a, hey, this is what God did in my life Friday morning. Friday morning, someone, <clears throat> well, As I let me kind of back up a little bit. As I again, as I was sitting at my desk on Friday thinking about missions, oftentimes we have this idea that missions happens other places. And as I as I sat there and pondered it, I thought I thought no, missions does not ha- missions starts right here. In fact, if you turn around and look on the wall back there, it says around the corner, around the world. Mission starts right here, around the corner. Whoa. Okay? Missions, missions takes place right here. It starts here. And then it, it, it spreads out. And as I, as I sat there and God started doing a work in my heart and, my, and, and just changing some, some thoughts in my mind, God challenged me in two ways on Friday morning. Two ways. The first one was someone sent me a video. And I always, you know, I'm always, yeah, okay. You know, I, 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 especially when I'm trying to study, I don't normally watch videos and things. But for some reason, I thought, you know what, maybe I need to see this video. So God, through someone, I won't tell you who, 
um, sent me this video and I watched it. This morning, I'm going to share that video with you because it was it was the first of two things that God did in my heart in my life on Friday morning to change the way I think. So, Chris, are you ready? Okay. It's only two minutes, so just 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 watch. What if we were known more for what we love instead of what we hate? Would that make a difference? What if we spent more time loving people and less time being angry with them? Would that make a difference? What if we gave unconditionally of our time, our talent, our treasures? Would that make a difference? What if we shared the difference Jesus has made in our lives and stopped pushing away those who aren't there yet? Would that make a difference? What if we walked in the steps of our Savior, sitting with the broken, caring for the poor, loving the lost? Would that make a difference? We live in the midst of ruins, surrounded by brokenness pain, and loss. It's a moment made for us, a calling we were created to answer, not with judgment, not with harsh words or self-righteousness, but with love, the love of Jesus. What if the church acted like the church that make a difference? <clears throat> the last sentence in the video, and, I, and I, I'll be honest with you, I, I watched that video probably three or four times. The last sentence in that video says this, what if the church acted like the church? Would it make a difference? And I'll tell you honestly, as I listened to that, my first thought was, wow, is our church making a difference? The second thing that God used is as I was, as I had watched that video three or four times and I was just kind of processing all of it, I looked over on my desk and if you come, if you have the courage to come into my office, uh, at home, not not my office here, but my office at home. I have books everywhere. It's just it's it's almost dangerous to walk into my office. And someone, and again, I won't say who. It's not important. But someone a while back, uh, I'd say several months ago, gave me a book. And I have it. I brought it this morning. 
is called uh, defined. Um, some of you may have seen it. Uh, the subtitle is uh, Who God Says You Are. It's written by the Kendrick brothers. Uh, but they gave it to me, and when they gave it to me, they stuck a, I don't know if you can see the little thing here, but they stuck a little thing here, and they said, uh, you need to read this. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I just take things like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I threw it up on my desk amongst all the other books on my desk. And as I was sitting in my desk pondering the video that I just showed you, thinking about the fact if the church acted like the church should be acting, would it make a difference? And as I, as I did that, I, as I was processing all this, I happened to catch the, 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 out of the corner of my eye this book sitting on, the, on my desk. And something inside of me said, open it up. So I opened it up to the part that was marked. And I, I don't know, does anybody have the book? Okay, so okay, this is a new book. Okay, um, <clears throat> it the the top of the page, page sixty six in the book, uh, at the very top it says heart check, and here I am contemplating this video, and I opened up this book, and the first thing I read is heart check, and I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to do to me? I want to read you the first paragraph here. It says, human tendency is to justify ourselves <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> look down on others, but avoiding self-examination. We dare you to work through the following heart check. Well, it's really kind of a test, if you would. Um, and be honest with yourself and God about where you truly are. This is not someone accusing you of anything, and you don't have to share your answers with anyone. It's just you being willing to let God's standards shine on your life and your conscience and to be honest about the current state of your heart. Ask yourself, the simple questions below based on the Ten Commandments. Did I tell you to turn to Exodus chapter 20? Okay, good. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I told you that. Exodus chapter 20. As I pondered these thoughts, and as I read through the questions on page 66 of this book, I came to the real realization of this. True missions does not start in Nevada. True missions does not start in Fernley. True missions does not start at Grace Baptist Church. True missions starts in my heart.
So we're going we're gonna to take a heart, heart test this morning, the heart check. Now, I, I, I will say this, that the title of my message is Challenging Our Hearts. Challenging Our Hearts. Now, I believe that periodically it's a good thing to challenge our hearts, to put our hearts to the challenge, to, to find out what condition our hearts are in. So when all of this happened Friday morning, I, 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 was, I was amazed and I, I sat there and, and God started convicting my heart as I started reading through these 10 questions that we're going to go through this morning. God put, started putting the screws on me. And I'm being honest, I'm being honest, I did not like it one bit. Now, I will say this, some of the questions that I'm going to ask are directly out of the book. But some of the questions are questions that God drilled down on my heart about. So not all of the questions are in the book. So if you read the book, it's, it's, it, but some of them are. But I hope and pray that God does a work in your heart this morning like he did on my heart Friday morning. Question number one. Is there anything in my life that I put before God? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. <clears throat> Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Commandment number one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Is there anything in my life that I'm putting before God? Do I have anyone in my life that is more important to me than God? Am I consistently choosing other things in my life over the things of God? Now, again, I want to stop right here and I want to say this. Do, do not answer any of these questions out loud, okay? Okay. <laughs> Because basically all it is this morning is question after question after question after question. So just keep them to yourself and let God do a work in your heart. Next question. Do I honor him with my schedule? Is God the number one priority in my schedule? And I, I looked at that question, and, 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 and I don't remember, I honestly don't remember if that one was in the book or God pressed it upon my heart. But there are times that God, God gets pushed aside in my busy schedule. Anybody else guilty of that? Don't raise your hand, but I'm just saying. We're all guilty of it. Does he have full control of my life? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Question number two comes from Exodus <clears throat> chapter 20 and verses 4 through 6. It says, Thou shalt make, no, uh, make uh, unto thee 
uh, excuse me, thou shalt not make unto thee uh, any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of thy father, of the fathers unto the children, uh, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Question number two, do I have any idols in my life? And the immediate thought is to go to little statues or little little things that, that we can pray to or 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 or, or, or whatever, religious symbols or, or things. And oftentimes that's what people think. But an idol can be anything. Anything that comes between you and God. Question Is there anything, person, or activity that I love more than God? Ouch. Do I love money more than God? What consumes my money? My What consumes my thoughts? What consumes my time? What consumes my heart more than anything? Do I have any idols in my life? And the reality is, oftentimes we do. Who do I idolize? Question number three. Do I honor God with my mouth? Uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. Thou shalt shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, that taketh his name in vain. God will not what's the word I want to use? God hates it when we use his name in vain. God hates it. Then God pressed upon my heart. Do I spend my time praising him or do I spend my time complaining to him? Oh, my life is miserable. You think, wait, wait a minute, pastor. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. How can your life be miserable? Trust me. <laughs> We all can be miserable. And you know the reality is misery loves company. And when we're miserable, what do we do? We run to other miserable people. And we just love to complain, don't we? I don't know about you, but I'm pretty good at it. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. 
Do I spend time, my time, do I spend my time lifting people up or tearing them down? I saw this quote actually this morning and I I quickly put it in my notes. The tongue has no bones, but it is strong enough to break the heart. So be careful with your words. And as I as I I saw this quote this morning and and as I as I pondered on it and I thought about it I thought wait a minute and I went and I looked and in Proverbs I forgot to write down the chapter but in in Proverbs it says that the tongue can break bones. We have the ability with this thing in our mouth that has no bones to tear people up or to tear people down. No, I guess you don't tear people up. You build people up. You, we have the ability to build people up or tear them down with our, with our tongues. That's how strong our tongue is. Do I have a foul mouth or do I have a praising mouth? You know, there are some people I just, I love to be around some people because they're always wanting to talk about the things of God. I love that. Question number four, and I need to hurry. Question number four, Exodus chapter uh, 20 and verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days uh, shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy handmaids, nor thy maidservants, nor thy cattle, excuse me, nor thy uh, strangers uh, that uh, is within thy gates. For in the sixth day, The Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that uh, in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it, and and hallowed it, or made it holy. Now, let me ask you a question. Question number four. Do I honor God with a day of worship and rest? Now, it's interesting to me that in the Ten Commandments, there are four verses dedicated to this one subject of rest. So, out of all of the Ten Commandments, and I could be wrong here, but I think there are more verses dedicated to that one subject than any of the other commandments. I could be wrong. But he says, thou shalt not kill. One, one verse. Kind of covers it all. But when it comes to rest, he understood the mentality of the human brain. And that is we want to work and work and work and work and work and work. And we will kill ourselves. The importance of rest is vital. We, God made our bodies to need rest. And if we don't take a day to unplug and rest and get spiritual nourishment, 
we will die. Not physically. Well, actually, it can, it can, it can kill us physically. Rest is that important. And there is, in the New Testament, the, the Sabbath has been done away with. That, that's, 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 uh, you know, that's for another discussion. But the question becomes this. Am I a slave to the clock, or do I take time to worship and rest? We need that. And we live in a world today that we can become so consumed and so busy with the things, the peripheral things of life, that we lose balance, if you would. And all this stuff can take over our lives. Do you make activities a priority in your life, or do you make church a priority in your life? Question number five. Do I honor the parents that God gave me? Look at verse 12. <clears throat> honor thy father and mother for uh, uh, <clears throat> that thy days may be long upon the earth uh, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Is their reputation important to you? You say, but, you know, I'm, I'm six, almost 62 years old. That, 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 this commandment does not have an expiration date. Even if your parents are deceased, it doesn't say until they die. Honor your mother, your father and mother. Do I honor them through my thoughts, words, and actions? In, in reality, honor is more than lip service. The word is actually a verb in the, in the original language. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it demands the right action. It demands us proactively honoring our parents. All the time. Question number six. Do I value human life? Look at verse 13. Thou shalt not kill. Do you value human life? We all know that murder is wrong. I mean, we have laws against it. Right? But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, if we look at a woman to lust after her, we have committed adultery already in our hearts. Okay? So what he's saying here, and we'll, and we'll get to, the, to that commandment here in a minute, but what he's saying here is if we just we look at a woman to lust after her, we've committed adultery where in our hearts. Do you think this applies to hate as well? It absolutely does. If we hate in our hearts, we've committed murder in our hearts. Now, you can't go to prison for that, but you sure can feel miserable, and you can lose out on the blessings of God in your life. Hate is a matter of the heart. 
One of the questions in the book, I do remember this came out of the book. Is there someone that you have a grudge against? Do you love or do I love even those that hate me? Luke chapter 6 and verse 27 and 28 says, But I say unto you, uh, which here, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you. Do you love instead of hate? Question number seven. We already talked about it, verse 14. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Don't, don't, do not commit adultery. Again, it, it starts in the, in the heart, does it not? Do you walk in sexual purity in your actions and your thoughts? We live in a world today that pornography is, is rampant. God calls that adultery. Is God pleased with what you watch on TV? On your cell phones? On your laptops and computers and tablets and all those things? Is God pleased with it? Is he pleased with your relationships? Question number eight. This one may sound a little odd, but just bear with me because question number eight is, do I give my best? Do I give my best? You're thinking, what commandment is that? Well, let's read it. Uh, Look at verse 15. It says, do not steal. Do not steal. Stealing is one of the greatest demonstrations of selfishness that we can perform. And, I, and I'm here to tell you that stealing comes in a lot of shapes and sizes. We can steal from our employers. We can steal time from our employers. We can steal from God by not being obedient, by not giving him our, our, of, our, of our time and our abilities. We can steal from our families when we don't give our best to our families. When we are more consumed about pleasing ourselves than we are taking care of our families, we can steal from our families. I wrote this note here. I said, when I give my best, selfishness has no place in my life. When I give my best, selfishness has no place in my life. Question number nine. We're almost done. We're almost done. Question number nine. Do I tell the truth? Look at verse 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Do I tell the truth? You know, let, let, let me help you here with a very theological thing here, okay? God says that anything that is not truth is a lie. 
Okay? Now, what do we do with lies? We categorize them, do we not? We, we call them, what, little white lies? God calls that a lie. Okay? We, we justify our misinformation. God calls that a lie. Anything that is not truth is a lie. So when we whisper and say, hey, and we don't give truth, it's a lie. We call it gossip, do we not? God hates that, by the way. When we exaggerate facts, when we are not completely truthful, we tell part of the information. God says it's a lie. What does he say here? Thou shall not bear false witness. In other words, thou shall not lie. Don't do it. James chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison, wherewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. In other words, what is, what is, James is brutal on the tongue, by the way. If you, want, if you want to get serious about gossip and that kind of thing, James is the book to read, okay? He's brutal on it. But what is James saying in these two verses? James is basically saying this. God gave us the ability to bless him with our tongue, and we can then turn around with that same tongue and curse men and hurt men. It's an amazing tool God's given us. Number 10. Do I secretly desire more? I'm going to confess right now. Okay? I'm, I'm confessing. I wrote this message on Friday. Yesterday I had some time. And I went out in the, the, into the desert. My, I have a little Tacoma, four-wheel drive Tacoma. And as I was cutting across the desert, I thought this. Boy, it sure would be nice to have a side-by-side. We are just not satisfied. We always want more. Uh, and here I, just the 24 hours before, I wrote this message, and God started just hammering on me. Verse 20, or, or uh, chapter 20, 20, verse 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, nor the side-by-side in his garage. <clears throat> thou shalt not cover thy name. <laughs> That's not in there. <laughs> I should have called you. <clears throat> uh, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, nor his uh, manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, or, or anything uh, that is thy neighbor's. 
how we do. I couldn't believe it, man. I was just like, are you serious already? But see, that's how we are. God says, don't be like that. Be content with what you have. Coming back out of the desert, I kept I kept thinking, I love my truck. I love my truck. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at my odometer, 300,000 miles. Okay. Question. Am I content with what I have? Am I content with what I have? Do I secretly desire what other people have? And the word secretly there is important because most of the time the covetous heart takes place inside. Do I long for riches, popularity, popularity or, or even power? Is there something that I want more than to know God better? About now, you're thinking, I hope he's done, and I I am almost done. (laughs) But honestly, I told you at the beginning, this really is not a sermon. This This is what God beat me up with on Friday morning. And as I sat and I thought about it, I asked God, can I share my heart Sunday morning? And he, he, he gave me the direction to do this, so this is what I did. But I want to bring you back to the video that we, we watched in the, um, uh, at the beginning, to the last phrase in that video. What if the church acted like the church, would it make a difference? And as I had lived, I had read through the, the heart check out of the book, page 66, 67, and 68, <clears throat> three pages. As I read through that and I watched the video probably again, I don't remember, I came up with this thought about myself, Okay. This is what God did in my heart. What if I acted more like Christ? Would it make a difference? And as I thought about the subject of missions, I am convinced today more than ever The mission starts right here in my heart. And if I will give my life to Christ, then I will be a missionary, whether I'm here in Fernley or I'm in South Africa or Bangladesh or whatever. It starts with me giving my heart and life to Christ right here, right now. That's missions. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, 
kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have, have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. I want to challenge you with a thought and then one verse and we're done. The thought is this. Is there anything in my life that I need to take off and put on love? Do I need to take off hate? Do I need to take off my activities? Do I need to take, is there something I need to take off of my life and put on love? Patience, kindness. Then let's close with this. Jude. You can pick the chapter. There's only one chapter. Okay, just just say. Jude, verse 22, says this. And some have compassion, making a difference. If we, the Grace Baptist Church, are going to make a difference, it's going to be because of the compassion that flows from our hearts. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. And Lord, thank you for the time that you and I spent together Friday morning. I'm so thankful for that. It, is, was, it was and is such a blessing and an encouragement to my heart. And Lord, as, I, as we close our service this morning, I ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would show us things that we need to take off and things that we need to put on. And Lord, you did that for me Friday and you have, you're still doing it. The truth is, we all have baggage. And we all need to lose some baggage. Help us, dear God. With every head bowed and every eye closed,